throughout all of time, time, podcasts have always been about something. But this podcast is the one about nothing. Nothing. Recording from his home studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you're listening to the Michael Popinchak Show, Pittsburgh's premier podcast about nothing. Now buckle up, because TMPS starts right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Michael Papinchak Show. Uh, we're going to be discussing kind of the uh, mid-season report here for Formula One before this weekend's uh, Grand Prix. Go through the first 11 races uh, in the Formula One uh, calendar. But before I do that, remember, if you're in the Pittsburgh area or in the greater Pittsburgh area, the surrounding area, the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix is this weekend. The Shenley, well, there's been functions going on but the big the big car show the big races everything that's happening is this weekend the Shenley Park race weekend Saturday July 23rd international car show from 9 30 a.m to 5 p.m and the vintage races from 8 30 a.m to 4 30 p.m and that continues through Sunday July 24th this uh this weekend vintage races on Sunday, 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Go to pvgp.org. Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix, pvgp.org. To look at the calendar and see if you want to join us this weekend, I and Jason will be um, at the Shenley Golf Club uh, right there in front of the, uh, I guess in the back of, of the golf club, right on kind of the, the golf course area, we're going to be having the uh, Cortile, where it's all the Italian cars. So if you want to come see us and visit us at the uh, Cortile, uh, where all the Italian cars are, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Alfa Romeos, Fiats, Maseratis, there's actually a French Quarter. There'll be some Citrons and some other vehicles there. I think the Vipers are going to be joining us in that area as well. So pvgp.org, it does benefit charity. So definitely, if you want to stop by... Come on by. So let's talk about Formula One. We've had 11 races so far, and they have been fantastic. We've been to Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, Australia, Italy, United States, Miami, Spain, Monaco, Azerbaijan, Canada, Great Britain, and Austria. And the race in Italy was at Imola. So let's just check the standings. So in the driver's standings, my boy Max Verstappen uh, has a nice lead with 208 points over Charles Leclerc, who has 170, uh, Sergio Perez, 151, Carlos Sainz, 133, George Russell, 128, above Lewis Hamilton, who only has 109, and then Lando Norris, 64, Esteban Ocon, 52, Valtteri Botas, 46, Fernando Alonso, 29, Kevin Magnussen, who is back in Formula One after Haas parted ways with the uh, Russian um, Nikita Mazepin. And so Kevin Magnussen is back in Formula One with his team Haas with 22 points. Daniel Ricciardo disappointing only 17 for McLaren. Pierre Gasly has 16. Sebastian Vettel, uh, who was out for the first two races of the season with COVID, has 15 points. Mick Schumacher, the son of legendary Michael Schumacher, has 12 points for Haas. Yuki Tsunoda, has 11 points for Alpha Tori. Guan Yu Zhou, 
or Zhou Guan Yu. On, I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't. It says Zhou Guan Yu here, but Zhou is his last name. He is with Alfa Romeo, the first full-time Chinese driver. He has five points. Alexander Obon, I'm sorry, Alexander Albon for Williams has three points. Lance Stroll for Aston Martin has three. Nicholas Latifi for Williams has a big zero. And Nico Hulkenberg has zero points. He filled in for Sebastian Vettel in the first two races for Aston Martin when, like I said, Vettel was out sick with COVID. Now let's look at the constructor standings. Red Bull Racing, my team is up top with 359 points. Ferrari has 303, Mercedes 237, McLaren 81, Alpine 81, Alfa Romeo 51, Haas 34, Alfa Tori 27, Aston Martin 18, and Williams with Albon's three points. And, you know, so what I thought I would do is, uh, you know, let this is a new era, as everyone knows, if you follow Formula One. 2022, we have new cars, new regulations, new race directors. Michael Massey, after last year's um, race finale debacle between Hamilton and Verstappen, was obviously uh, moved out of his position. There's actually two race directors now who alternate and such. We now have ground effect cars, which is famously causing porpoising. Do not do not play a drinking game with porpoising during an F1 race because you're not going to make it through the first few laps. Um, it, I think it's affected probably Mercedes the most with Hamilton, you know, now famously getting out of his car, holding his back. Uh, even telling uh, them at, at the pit wall that he might not even be able to finish the race because of how horrible the porpoising is and how hard the car is to drive. And now there's this thing about flex floors and all of that. But I, I want to focus more on the standings and the numbers here and kind of the race results. But you can look all that stuff up. But the porpoising, I think, has been affecting Mercedes the most. We now have 18-inch low-profile tires from uh, Pirelli, and the heating blankets have been capped. Um, track limits are now strictly defined, and the cars, because of the new regulations, uh, the new rules, the new cars, the cars are able to follow better, and that has been very apparent in the races. We've been, we've seen some great battles between uh, Verstappen and Leclerc, where they're passing each other lap after lap in the uh, 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 DRS zones, and some people thought, you know, now that the cars can follow better, will they keep DRS? And they obviously have. And I think the, you know, the drivers had said, the teams have said that, you know, following is a lot better, but I think you still need those DRS zones to kind of give you that little extra something, something. So you, so you can actually, you know, not only follow, but actually pass the person and, you know, seeing these now, okay. If you paid attention to the standings that I just read, you'll see that there are three teams really high and above um, the rest. And even um, Fernando Alonso said F1 is still kind of boring. Max is going to win or Charles is going to win. And, event, you know, sometimes you, you might get a Perez win and a Sainz win, as as we'll see when I go through all the races. But at the end of the day, it's still kind of like only, uh, you know, two-horse race. Um, you know, Mercedes has been able to take advantage of some, you know, uh, DNFs from uh, Red Bull and Ferrari, but mostly at the end of the day, if Red Bull and Ferrari finish a race, they're pretty much always going to be on the podium or at least close to the podium. And that is true. But 
you see a lot more overtaking. You see a lot more people. Well, let's put it this way. Max and Leclerc might always win, but there have been some times where you just, you're not sure which one is going to get that, that advantage at the end. You know what I mean? Which one has wasted tires trying to pass, trying to, you know, go for it in the DRS zones because passing is now much more possible. And, I, and for me, the races have been much more um, exciting. Now, there have been a lot of firsts in this season. So in Bahrain, in the opening race, Charles Leclerc got his first Grand Slam. So he got pole, he got the win, and he got fastest lap. Okay, I, I mentioned Zhou Guan Yu is the first Chinese driver. Also, we'll see Mick Schumacher gets his first points ever in Formula One during the season. And Sergio Perez, after 215 races, gets his first pole. And he wins at Monaco, which we will see. And Sainz, first win, first pole at Silverstone. So it's kind of exciting. It's kind of like, you know, this, this new era is coming in. We're getting some new winners. You know, I mean, I can't believe a Sergio Perez, 215 races and never won, never got pole. That's like incredible. I'm so happy he's with Red Bull. I think they finally found someone who can be there with Verstappen on the podium, you know, fight for wins, fight for position and all of that good stuff. So we opened, so we had, we, there was, um, there were track sessions in Barcelona and those weren't really testing per se. It was just because they're brand new cars. So, so track sessions. And then the testing took place in Bahrain. And then we opened the season in Bahrain. So let's just look how, how Williams did. Okay. So Williams, P16, P13. Not great. You know, I love Williams. Uh, it's an historic team. It's just unfortunate that, you know, Latifi has no points. You know, Albon has three, you know, for the whole season. And it's just, you know, they just can't quite... Can't quite get there with all the other guys. All right. And then you get Aston Martin. I'm kind of going bottom up. Okay. So Aston Martin, P17 for Hulkenberg. You know, Hulkenberg came in, you know, probably didn't expect much, uh, you know, as a super sub. But, you know, he was kind of bottom bottom of the barrel there because there were three DNFs in the race. So P17, then Stroll with P12. Not a great start for Aston Martin. AlphaTauri started off okay with Tsunoda at P8 in the points, but Gasly, unfortunately, had a DNF. And during this race, the now Red Bull powertrains were put to the test because you had DNFs from three uh, Red Bull powertrain cars, Gasly, Verstappen, and Perez. And then Alfa Romeo, Botas, coming out of the gate with a P6, and Guan Yu Zhou, the first Chinese driver, P10, got a point in his first race. Not bad for him. Alpine, Alonso, P9, Ocon, P7. A nice start for them. McLaren, unfortunately, kind of slipped up here with a P14 for Ricardo and a P15 for Norris. Not a good start for McLaren. You know, that team should really be up there with, with the big boys, especially with, you know, Mercedes having, uh, having so many problems this year. You know, they really have lost their dominance um, compared to the last several years. I mean... It's a new era, and they went, you know, the side pods. It's a, that's another thing. If you if you play a drinking game with porpoising and side pods, you're not gonna you're not gonna make it till the end till the end of the race. Ferrari has these beautiful, huge sweeping side pods, and Mercedes went with these zero pods or no pods. And you know, I don't know if it's the pods. I don't know if it's the floor. I don't know what it is because I'm not. I don't design and build F1 cars, but 
their car looks very, very different from the other cars who have either big or somewhat large side pods, and they just didn't quite figure it out. But in the first race, because of Red Bull DNFing both of their cars, Hamilton was able to get on the podium with a P3. Russell was right behind on P4. And then Ferrari, right out of the gate, they seemed to be the team to beat after this first race. Leclerc P1, Sainz P2. So me as a Red Bull fan, I was like, oh boy, this is not a good way to start. Both Red Bulls going out. And there's Mercedes taking advantage of Red Bull's woes. And to me, that was, you know, Leclerc was on pole and Leclerc got fastest lap as well. Leclerc gets the win. Sainz is next to him on the podium. So right off the bat, you know, Ferrari seems to be the team to beat and Leclerc seems to be on his way. So then we go over to Saudi Arabia. Unfortunately, Williams, again, not a great start to the season. Two DNFs for them. Hulkenberg comes in P12 for Aston Martin. Strolls P13. Again, not great performance by them. Sunodu goes out with Alpha Tori in a DNF, and Gasly, after his DNF, goes P8. So they switch spots. In Bahrain, Sunoda was P8. Saudi Arabia, he DNFs. In Bahrain, Gasly DNFs. In Saudi Arabia, Gasly gets P8. And then we go on to Haas and Mick Schumacher. Oh, actually, this is a big thing. This is a big, big thing here. You know, there were two huge, huge major crashes. Um, this season and the first one was in Saudi Arabia qualifying with Mick Schumacher where it was a huge red flag in Q2 a huge huge crash his car actually broke in half it it just didn't seem great and because of the damage to the to the car and everything and you know I mean Mick Schumacher was fine but because of the qualifying he didn't even start so he didn't even start the uh, the race and actually if I'm not mistaken I believe Sunoda was actually a do not start. He, let me check that. He, I believe he, um, he didn't start the race because he, he's, his car basically broke down during the uh, formation lap. So I think Sunoda is not just the DNF. I believe he was also a do not start. So then Magnuson P9, that's good for him. Uh, Botas, a, a DNF. A, a Zhou Guan Yu is a P11. Uh, Alonso, a DNF. Ocon, a P6. Ricardo a DNF, Norris a P7. So even though Ricardo DNF'd here, compared to the last race, Norris got points, P7, little bit of light at the end of the tunnel there. Now, Mercedes, Hamilton, P10. From a podium to a P10, still a point. And, but then you have Russell, P5. So Russell went from Mr. Saturday to this season being Mr. Consistent. You know, when Russell finishes a race, he's five or up. You know, and it's it was this weird thing during the season where it's like, why is Hamilton struggling so much, but Russell seems to be handling the car pretty well? And maybe it's because he raced with Williams for so long and is used to having a crappy car. I don't really know, but not a good Saudi Arabian Grand Prix for Lewis Hamilton. Leclerc came in P2, signs P3 for Stapp, and my boy wins his first race of the season with a P1 and Sergio Perez a P4. And um, let's see here. So uh, on pole was Perez, fastest lap Leclerc, and the podium Verstappen, Leclerc, and Sainz with Perez P4. So, you know, you have the you have the big boys up there, Red Bull and Ferrari. So after Saudi Arabia, we head on to Australia, and let's look at Williams here. Okay, Latifi, P16. 
Oh boy. But Albon, P10, a point. Little light at the end of the tunnel there. All right, now Sebastian Vettel is back for Aston Martin, but he had a DNF, unfortunately. Stroll, a somewhat disappointing P12. Tsunodu, P15, and Gasly in the points at P9. Mick Schumacher, a P13, and, Ma and uh, Magnussen, a P14. Now, in Bahrain, Magnussen got P5, which would be his highest finish in the whole first part of this uh, season here. And, you know, it was really like, wow, look, look, look at Haas. Look how close they are to the podium. And there was a lot of hope, you know, maybe... Maybe Magnuson and this Haas, he's back in F1, you know, rejuvenated. You know, maybe he was going to be doing something great. And I loved seeing on an American team Haas, you know, up in P5 where, you know, they used to be at the bottom down there with like Williams. But Magnuson unfortunately had a disappointing race with a P14 finish. Now for Alfa Romeo, Botas up in P8, Joe P11. Okay, Alonso for Alpine P17, Ocon in the points with a P7. And we have Ricardo. This will be his highest finish of the of the season so far with a P6 and Norris P5. So hey, there you go. You got McLaren. Okay, they're 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 they they were P14, P15, then we had a DNF and now we're up in P5, P6. So, you know, the traje the trajectory of McLaren is trending up. Hamilton P4. What's going on? He was P10 Saudi Arabia, now he's P4. Russell's on the podium. His best finish obviously P3. Who knows? Hamilton back and forth in this season, which you'll see. Some days he's up there in the top five, and some days he's barely liking the points. Leclerc won this race, but Sainz had a DNF, Verstappen had a DNF, and Perez came in P2. So Leclerc was on pole, fastest lap was Leclerc, podium Leclerc, Perez, and Russell. Then we head over to Imola, and in Imola, there's our boys from Williams. Latifi loves P16. When he finishes a race, he just loves that that P16. Albon, right out of the points at P11. Sebastian Vettel, you know, he's back P8 in the points after a DNF. Not bad. And Stroll will get his best finish of the season so far with a P10. Tsunodu gets the best finish of his season so far with a P7. And Gasly, P12 out of the points. Uh, uh, Mick Schumacher, P17, which is, you know, not phenomenal. And Magnuson P9, so there he went. He was down, now he's kind of, you know, trying to get back up there. Botas, best finish of his season so far with the P5 in Imola. However, Joe was way down there in P15. Alonso, unfortunately, DNF'd. Ocon got P14, so, you know, they're kind of up and down. They were, you know, doing good in the beginning, and now they're kind of trending downward. And look, Ricardo went from P6 in, Aust in um, Australia to P18 at Imola. But then there's Norris. On the podium, P3 with his best finish of the season so far. And it's like, you know, yeah, they're they're it's like they're either together or they're far apart. They either the 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 McLaren's either finish right next to each other or they're super far apart. And then look at here. What was Hamilton in I'm in Australia? P4. Imola, P13. But where's Russell? P4. One off the podium. Again, why? Who knows? Uh Leclerc. Uh, is in P6 after, you know, that's not a quite a great race for him, but still in the points. Sides that, signs did not finish two races in a row here. Verstappen, my guy, won with a P1, Perez P2. So Imola was a sprint race. So qualifying was on, what is it, Friday, I think. And then the sprint decides the lineup. So technically Verstappen got pole because he won the sprint race. Verstappen got the fastest lap, the podium, Verstappen, Perez, 
and Norris. So, you know, you had a bad start for McLaren, but they had a little a little bright spot here where they got on the podium at Imola. Then we head to Miami, the great United States of America. Miami. I'm so happy that they're adding they're going to be going to Vegas next year. I think Miami again. You know, obviously um Austin. I'm really excited there's some uh more there's more racing in the United States. Uh you know, I am under I, I believe, you know, Formula 1 is owned by an American media company, so it kind of makes sense that they would want to bring more to the United States, try to grow their fan base. Hey, listen, I'm a fan because of Drive to Survive from Net- Netflix. So I was not a racing car. F- I'm, and I don't even like Indy or NASCAR. I only like Formula One because of that TV show. So that TV show shown on Netflix, an American media company, you know, uh, made a fan out of me. So it may, I, I want more races in the United States. And I'm, we're probably going to go to Vegas. So I'm super excited about that. So let's check out our boys from Williams. Latifi, P14, Albon, his best finish of the season so far is P9 again. Uh, that's two points uh, with his one point if in Australia has their whole team's three points. Fettel, P17, not great. Not great compared to his P8 at Imola. And then Stroll, P10, just like the last race, and he had a point. Sunodu, P12, Gasly, DNF. So not a great day for AlphaTauri. Mick Schumacher, P15, Magnussen, P16. Again, I had so much hope for Haas, but... Just can't pull it together. Botas, P7 in the points. Joe did not finish. Alonso, P11. Ocon in the points with P8. Ricardo, P13. And Norris, unfortunately, did not finish the race. Hamilton up in P6. But he was P13 last time. So who knows? And there's Russell in P5. So Hamilton up and down this whole season. Uh, Leclerc, P2. Sainz, P3. Verstappen, P1. And Perez, P4. Leclerc. Got on pole, Verstappen fastest lap. Our podium is, Ver, uh, is Verstappen, Leclerc, and Sainz. Then we head to Spain. And Williams, P16, P13, not great. Fettel, P11. Stroll, P15, not phenomenal. Snowdu has a point with P10. And Gasly, P13. So mediocre day for AlphaTauri. Haas, again, not great. Schumacher, P14. Magnussen, P17. Alfa Romeo, Botas, back up there in the points. Uh, P6, doing slightly better than his last race at Miami. However, Joe, again, did not finish the race. Alonso, P9, both Alpines on the points with Alonso, P9, and Ocon, P7. Again, not a great day for Ricardo down at P12, and Norris in the points at P8. Hamilton, P5. So, he was P6 in Miami, he's P5. Russell, P3 on the podium, Leclerc did not finish. Sainz got P4, Verstappen 1, and uh, Perez 2. So Leclerc got pole. Leclerc has the most poles, I think, by far this season. Let me look here. Um, Yeah, uh, Ferrari has seven poles. And uh, yeah, and Leclerc has six of them. So he has the most poles, for sure. It's like the guy can qualify like nobody's business. You know what I mean? So Leclerc got pole. Fastest lap was Perez. And the podium was Verstappen, Perez, and George Russell. Now Monaco, one of the, you know, the great historic races, part of the racing triple crown. Monaco. So how did our boys at Williams do? Not great. Latifi P15 and Albon DNF. Also, Latifi loves to crash. Not only in qualif- not only in the races, but like in qualifying. 
And I got to tell you, I don't understand why this guy is still in F1. There must be some better young guy somewhere who could maybe just not crash and, you know, just get horrible results. But it is what it is. Okay, Monaco. Aston Martin. Fettel, some points, P or a point with P10. Strolled down in P14. Sonodo P17. Gasly P11. Not a great day again for Alvatore. Unfortunately, both of the Haas cars with Schumacher and Magnussen DNF'd in that race. Alfa Romeo, Botas, okay, P9, not bad. However, Joe, P16. Alonso, P7, and Ocon, P12. And then Ricardo, 13. And Norris, 6. Again, a little bit of gap uh, between them. Hamilton, down there in P8, not phenomenal. Still some points. Russell, P5. Leclerc, P4. Sainz, P2. Verstappen, P3. And guess what? Perez. Perez won the race. He won the race. Leclerc was on pole, fastest lap was Norris, and Perez, Sainz, and Verstappen was the podium. So that was his first win. Is that not incredible? Is that not incredible to have your first win be at Monaco? That, I think, would be a, a phenomenal achievement. Now he needs to go win the Indy 500 and the 24-hour Le Mans, and he'll have a triple crown. He'll be in, you know, very... Very, very, uh, there's not a lot of people who have done, I think only one person's done it, to be honest. I'll have to look it up, but don't quote me on that. But I, very few people have done it or even gotten close. I'm pretty sure only one person has ever actually achieved that. L look it up and, and let me know in the comments. Okay, so after Monaco, Azerbaijan. Again, the Williams boys, Latifi, P15, Albon, P12, not doing great. Fettel. P6, not bad for Aston Martin. Stroll, DNF'd. Tsunodu, P13. But Gasly, his best finish of the season, and actually that's Fettel's best finish of the season so far is P6, and Gasly's best finish of the season so far is P5. Mick Schumacher was down there in P14. Magnussen did not finish. Botas, right outside of the points at P11. Tsunodu, I'm sorry, Joe, did not finish. Alonso in the points at P7 with Ocon at P10, Ricardo at P8, and Norris P9 in the points, not bad, Hamilton P4, Russell P3, and they were there to take advantage of the fact that both Ferraris DNF'd at Azerbaijan, both of them, and that allowed Hamilton and Russell to take advantage, but Verstappen did win, and Perez did get number two. Leclerc again was on pole, fastest lap was Perez, podium was Verstappen, Perez, and Russell. Okay, let's head back to North America, to Montreal, to Canada. Latifi was P16 and Albon P13. Fettel P12, Stroll P10. So, yeah, not that great. Tsunodu, DNF, Gasly P14. You know, Alpha Tori really up and down. Mick Schumacher, unfortunately, DNF'd, and Magnussen got P17. Again, I had a lot of hopes for Magnussen, but just can't pull it all together. Both tossing the points with P7, Joe P8, and that will be Joe's best finish of the season so far. Alonso P9, Ocon P6. Alpine, we've had a lot of points in a row here sent through Spain to Canada. Some very consistent point scoring for Alpine. Ricardo, unfortunately, right outside of the points at P11 and Norris in P15. Hamilton back on the podium for P3. Russell P4, Leclerc P5, Sainz P2, Verstappen 1 at P1, and unfortunately Perez DNF'd. So pole was Verstappen. Fastest lap was Sainz, and our podium was Verstappen, Sainz, and Hamilton. All right, we got a couple more to go here. Great Britain. So this will be Latifi's best finish of the season, P12. 
Oh, my Lord. Latifi, P12. Almost there, buddy. Almost there. He actually, was it this race? I, I forgot to mark this down. He actually started a race at P10. He started a race in the points and still couldn't make it happen. Um, Albon DNF'd uh, Fettel P9, which is pretty good for him. So far this season, Stroll P11, Sonodu P14, Gasly DNF. Uh, here we go. Uh, Mick Schumacher, for the first time in his Formula One career, got points with a P8 finish in Great Britain, Magnussen P10. So they had a really good race in Great Britain. Uh, Botas DNF'd, Joe DNF'd, um, Alonzo. Actually, we got to talk about Joe's DNF here in in the British Grand, Grand Prix, but let, I'll sh let's just finish this and I'll go through it. Alonzo P5, Ocon DNF, Ricardo P13, Norris P6. Again, quite a gap between those two teammates. Hamilton back on the podium again, P3. Russell did not finish, and I'll tell you why. Leclerc P4, Sainz, he wins the race. And, well, you know, his, his first win ever, his first pole ever here in, in Great Britain. Verstappen, uh, kind of a disappointing P7 for him, and Perez P2. So Sainz got pole and his first win in Great Britain. The fastest lap belongs to Hamilton. You have Sainz, Perez, and Hamilton on the podium. Now, if you go to my YouTube channel, uh, you will you will see my review of the the British Grand Prix and Guan Yu Zhou Zhou Guan Yu. I'm sorry, I don't know the proper order. Had a huge, huge, major crash. One of the scariest crashes I've ever seen in my entire life. Him and George Russell, their wheels hit each other, and Zhou's car was flipped upside down. And he rode the halo upside down through the gravel. Then the car bounced over the barrier and landed upside down in shambles between the barrier, like the tire barrier, I think it was, and the fence. And Joe said he was, I mean, he was like upside down, could not move, could not get unbuckled. He was afraid of, you know, burning to death. I mean, if you saw what happened to Roman Grosjean in, in Bahrain a couple years ago, you know, the cars can explode, basically. And, I mean, at least at least uh, Roman Grosjean was, you know, upright. You know, Joe was upside down. Imagine if the car set on fire, he would have been stuck. Russell gets out of his car, goes to try to help him, but it was unbelievable. You know, people say the halo is ugly, whatever, but the halo has saved lives. And if you watch the, the British Grand Prix and you watch Joe's crash right in the beginning, right on, la I think it was turn three. Right on lap one. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. And the car, like, flipping upside down and just going over the gravel. And then I don't know why it just flipped up over the barrier, wedged in between the barrier and the fence. And it was absolutely horrifying. Oh, my gosh. It was something. And I was so happy that he was okay. He was like posting on Instagram like an hour later or something. It's incredible how safe. But you know what? The commentators were saying that, you know, people say, oh, these cars are so fragile. They just like break and crumble. Well, the whole point is the car breaks and crumble. Uh, the car breaks and crumbles, not the driver. I guess that's the point. The, 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 the car might fall apart, but the driver gets to walk away, which is just incredible. So, all right. So the final, so, uh, Round 11, which is, is mid-season, we've had two weeks off, and I believe France is next. I'll go through the, the uh, season. In Austria, you had Williams, uh, Latifi DNF, 
and Albon P12. Aston Martin, Fettel P17, Stroll P13. Not a great day for them. Alpha Tori, Tsunoda 16, Gasly 15. Also a mediocre day for them. And guess what? Mick Schumacher, best finish of, of the season so far. Back in the points with a P6. So he had two really good races back-to-back. And Magnussen, P8. So Haas had two good races back-to-back. And then we have Botas at P11. And Joe at P14. Alonso at P10. And Ocon with his best finish of the season at P5. Uh, Ricardo P9. Norris P7. Hamilton P3 on the podium. I think three races in a row. Yeah, three races in a row. Mercedes, actually four races in a row. Mercedes had the third spot on the podium. Three races in a row. Hamilton uh, was on the podium. Russell P4. Then you have Leclerc wins the race with a P1, Sainz DNFs, Verstappen's P2, and Perez DNFs. So again, this was a sprint race. Verstappen won the sprint. He had the fastest lap. And then the podium, Leclerc, Verstappen, Hamilton. So so DNFs. So Williams had five DNFs. Aston Martin only had two. Alfa Torre had five. Haas had five. Six DNFs so far for Alfa Romeo. Alpine has three. McLaren, two. Mercedes, one. And that was the the crash with between Joe and Russell. Ferraris had six DNFs and Red Bull five. And it's incredible. They've had six DNFs, but they're still second in the championship. Um, uh, Ferrari has the most poles with seven. Red Bull has four. And um, switch those numbers. Wins for Ferrari were four, and Red Bull has seven wins. Red Bull has five fastest laps. Ferrari has four. Mercedes has one. And McLaren with Norris, I believe, has one. And then podiums between the drivers. So Red Bull has 14 podiums between Verstappen and Perez. Uh, Ferrari has 11. Mercedes has seven. And McLaren has one. All right, so that is kind of like the mid-season breakdown. Obviously, Red Bull, uh, even though they had a rough start in Bahrain with the double DNF, they are the powerhouse. But Ferrari's quick, man. I got to tell you, Sainz had some back-to-back DNFs in Australia and Imola. You know, he had a DNF, double DNF for Ferrari at Azerbaijan. You know, another DNF for Sainz in in, um, um, Austria. You know, if some of these DNFs didn't happen, Ferrari would be right there along with with Red Bull. But Red Bull's had their share of DNFs too. So they've had they've had five, I think. Yeah, five. So, but when they when they finish a race, they are they're winning or well into the points. So, you know, I think what we're going to be seeing for the remainder of the season is that battle, is the the continued battle between Ferrari and Red Bull with Mercedes, you know, with Mercedes kind of Kind of there, kind of there to pick up the pieces when, when Red Bull or Ferrari shits the bed, so to speak. Mercedes is there to pick up the pieces. All right, so July twenty second through twenty fourth this weekend, F one is going to be in France, and then round thirteen will be in Hungary, July twenty nine to thirty one, and then uh, then there's going to be the uh, a, a, a break, and then round fourteen Belgium, August twenty sixth to twenty eighth. And then Netherlands, September 2 to September 4. And then um, Italy, we're going back to Italy, September 9 to 11. And then Singapore, September 30th to October 2nd. And then Japan, October 2nd to October 9th. Back to the United States, uh, October 21 to 23. Mexico, 28 to 30. Brazil, November 11 to 13. And then we finish the race in Abu Dhabi as usual, November 18 through 20. Guys, I love F1. If uh, you haven't, if you're listening to this and never watched it before, I highly recommend checking out a race. They do show them on ESPN. However, I use the 
F1 TV app on my uh, phone, computer, and my iPad. You can watch all the uh, testing and all the all the practicing and the qualifying and obviously the races, pre-interviews, post-interviews, interviews with drivers, interviews with team principals, uh, all kind of different stuff. I watched races from the 80s the other day. You can watch races from the 90s. Some are just reviews of the race, like quick, you know, like 30-minute, you know, uh, recaps. And some you can watch the whole races if you were watching it live back in 1992. So if you ever wondered how good Michael Schumacher is, you know, it's I think $79.99, 80 bucks a year for all of that content and access to F1. It is incredibly cheap, but don't let them know that. I, I think maybe they think... I mean, they could charge so much more for that access, but don't 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 let them know because I like paying only 80 bucks a year to watch unlimited F1. I can watch races any time of day. I don't have to DVR it or anything like that. You know, being in America, sometimes the races are at like six in the morning on a Sunday and I don't want to wake up. And I, whenever I wake up on a Sunday, I try not to look at my phone because my phone will tell me who won because <laughs> I get all kind of alerts from the F1 apps and stuff. You know, then I watch the race whenever I want to try to stay away from spoilers and I can enjoy it at, you know, nine at night or 10 in the morning or 1 p.m. And it's totally fantastic and I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Go to tmpspodcast.com to the website. Again, the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix is this weekend, the 23rd and the 24th at Shenley Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Come visit us um, at the Cortile. And guys, tons of vehicles there. I mean, from just you name it: Porsches, Ferraris, Lambos, you know, uh, uh, Chevys. I mean, all, all you name it, it's there. Citrons, Fiats, Lancia, which is an Italian car brand. All, all kind of stuff from new cars to old cars to classic cars. It's going to be a great time. Hopefully, we have great weather and all that. So, um, hopefully, we will see you there. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Michael Papinjack Show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Please go to tmpspodcast.com. From there, you'll find links to SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. See you next time.